from the ESPN 690 and the Living Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. They should release him at some point because it kind of is what it is. You know, they both moved on. They signed Jacoby Brissett, which is to be a little bit of an underrated signing because, again, we don't know about Deshaun Watson's eligibility, but let's cut our losses and move on, and uh, it's time. If they can't get a seventh-round pick by now, barring an injury of another team, Max, I just can't imagine anyone's going to give up of anything of consequence. That's Mike Tannenbaum uh, talking about, I believe, the Baker, Baker Mayfield situation. And... That is a really curious situation. Like, nobody wants Baker Mayfield. Not one person. Not, well, not at $18 million, no. I mean, there were, I heard something before the Jumbo Shrimp game today on ESPN 690. Oh, I was on Greeny. He said that he had heard that it was going to take Baker and a second-round pick for a sixth-round pick. Like, just to get rid of Baker, you also have to give up a second-round pick. Really? Yeah. Could you imagine, though, like, the, like, I understand we don't think much of Baker, and I, I really don't right now, but can you imagine the upside? Like, he won games in Cleveland. Nobody else ever won games in Cleveland in the history of Cleveland besides LeBron. So, like, there's huge, there could be a huge upside there if all you have to give up is a sixth-round pick and you get a second-round pick coming back. You just got to pay the man $18 million. Like, there's potential there, I think. Yeah, I... Who... Like, is Seattle still best served to have Baker Mayfield? Over Drew Locke, yes. Carolina, now they feel like they drafted a guy. Yes. We'll see. Uh, Washington, they got Sam Howell, right? Uh, yes, and so Carson Wentz. they might Wentz, start yeah. turning that over. Oh, and Carson Wentz, my bad. So they're all set. Um, well. Well, I mean, th- at least in their plans, in their mind, they're yeah. all set. Uh, yeah, I don't The Giants? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't see the Giants doing the Baker Mayfield thing. It just, they had other options, and Baker Mayfield isn't going to be their their stopgap, I don't believe. But I, I think you're probably, they're going to probably have to release him so then anybody picks him up on like a $3 million salary or a $5 million salary, but not $18 million. And, I mean, Seattle actually might be playing this perfectly. Why give anything up? You know you're they're going to have to get rid of him. Likely, yeah. But, like, does Cleveland have the guts to keep Baker Mayfield in the building, on the field, all that stuff, until somebody gets hurt in August? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think you have to because you also have the question. Look, I know Baker doesn't want to play, but I, if I'm Cleveland – I'm keeping him, right? I'm not cutting him because I still got to pay him $18 million. So I'm not cutting him. I'm not doing anything. I'm letting it play out. And we're still not sure if Deshaun Watson's going to play. So to your point, one, somebody gets hurt, you can then trade him. Okay. Or Deshaun can't play. Then it's in Baker's court where if Baker's like, no, I'm not playing, then that makes him look worse. And that pretty much ruins what he has left in trade value, in my opinion. So if I'm Cleveland, I just sit on it. And I see what plays out in terms of, like you said, somebody gets hurt or if he does have to play because Deshaun can't. Well, and, yeah, that's a good – I mean, the trade deadline, right, um, is in, like, October. Mm-hmm. And so to if, if he gets suspended, let's just say he's suspended four games, probably more like six, but let's just say he's suspended four games. So if he gets suspended, now you have Baker Mayfield to play for a month, and then you trade him. 
I mean, it's not a bad idea. Now, it's $18 million. It's probably a pain in the ass because he's going to be a pain in the ass. Sure, yeah. And you have to deal with that. Does it change the dynamic of your locker room? Can you, can you handle that? Listen, if I was a coach, I don't think I'd want to handle that. I don't want to risk that. True. But for a six-week plan, and then you just release them if nobody will trade for them. If nobody's desperate by October whatever, you just release them. But at least you had a quarterback that knows how to win some games right. playing. What else is their depth chart? They added somebody else. Who'd they add? Uh, I think it's still Case Keenum, I think. Is it? Well, because he knows how to win a little bit, too. Like, that's not the worst situation for Cleveland. But I think people would rather have Baker. I just – it's funny. Like, Baker is – do you think Baker's made his own bed more than evaluators are determining how good he is? Like, is it more his prickly nature – at least from the public perception, or is it oh, the guy's just really an average quarterback? And we can, we got a lot of average quarterbacks, and we're certainly not paying eighteen million dollars for an average quarterback. I think it's yeah, I think it's a little of both in terms of when uh, the whole thing that played out with Odell and how when players leave, like Odell left, and all of a sudden he's good again, and then that's not good on Baker. Then kind of the way he carries himself and stuff he says isn't always the best, and I think it hurt him to play hurt, like he. He tried to play hurt and help the team and do the franchise quarterback thing, which he probably should get a little more respect for. But when he played hurt, he wasn't any good, which is totally fair because he was hurt. But he made that decision to try and play hurt, and it didn't work out for him. So the combination of that, some of the things he says, and then in terms of the receivers that left, ended up being good. So I think all of it together just really doesn't help what Baker is at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's move on from, from Baker Mayfield, and you might need to help me out here with uh, uh, rosters. Okay. If you look at the Jets, Chicago, and the Jags, you brought this up. Uh, we, did, we carry over from yesterday and our plan for the week. We do that, folks. We have a plan. And, well, kind well of sort of. We don't have a big plan. But that's that's a text plan. <laughs> um, the Jets, the Jags, the Bears, now that you see it, who would you want? Which roster? Yeah, I, I think obviously you know what you have um, in terms of the Jags. We've been through that a lot. I think the Jets is interesting, obviously, Zach Wilson. But Brees Hall, Michael Carter, the running back. Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin. That's that's pretty formidable on offense, in my opinion. And then on defense for them, obviously Sauce, C.J. Mosley, Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, uh, Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Whitehead coming over from the Bucks. So that's what you got in terms of the Jets. And as you hear that play out, Brent, the Jets that I just gave you and what the Jags have, who do you feel more comfortable with? Yeah, I like the names of the Jets, right? But there's one thing you're missing here, and that's Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson. I think everybody would still take Trevor. I'm not missing it. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm just saying. And I like I, I like the names of Carter and Brees Hall, but I like the Jags running backs better. So I like ETN and James Robinson. I've seen what they can do. Offensive line-wise, I mean, are you over the moon about the Jets' offensive line? Not really. Receiving core, I like the Jets. Uh, probably tight end. I like the Jets. Defense is a lot of projection now. Read me some of the Jets' defense again. Sure. Uh, Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, 
C.J. Mosley, uh, Quincy Williams, can't forget that, uh, Sauce Gardner, Jordan Whitehead, LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah, I mean, I like some of the early names you mentioned. I mean, again, Sauce Gardner's going to be projection, but he's a, he obviously sounds Jermaine cool. Johnson. It looks like it's going to be good. Jermaine Johnson the same way. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm not sitting here raving about the Jets as much as everybody else is. Everybody's raving about their draft, and their draft was a good draft on paper. I would agree. I, I do agree. Yeah, I'd be excited if I was a Jets fan. Um, I'd be excited about Zach Wilson more than other people are excited about Zach Wilson. Like, I think there are a lot of Zach Wilson haters, and I'm not one of them. I think Zach Wilson's going to be fine. And I really am a big Robert Sala fan. So I like what they're doing in New York, but I just don't get the sense. Just because the draft looked a little sexier, I think the Jags have added in free agency a lot better than the Jets have added. I mean, I think a lot better. I think what they're doing on, on different levels on defense um, and and even – you know, at least spending the money on Sheriff, spending the money on Ingram, spending the money on Christian Kirk. Like, I think those are good moves for the Jags, or good enough to at least increase your roster and get it better. What does Chicago look like? So, obviously, Justin Fields, as you know, which I think is better than Zach Wilson, but then, you know, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, I think, are okay at the running back position. Mooney, Darnell Mooney's very good. Yeah, he's an underrated guy, yeah. Yeah, but... That, that's pretty much what they got. It's kind of surprising looking at it that they didn't do more. But uh, Pringle from the uh, Chiefs goes over there. Yeah. And then uh, – He get arrested or something already, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I think he got something happened over the last uh, two weeks. Yeah, Not good. But uh, the St. Brown that's not Amon Ra, his brother that came over from the Packers, Aquaminius we'll go with, okay. uh, Daz Newsom at the tight end spot. You got Cole Komet. He's a guy I like. Uh, they have a fullback listed on their roster, so that should count for something for sure. Um, and then on the defensive side, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, Eddie yeah. Jackson. So they got they have some names. Um, didn't have many draft picks this year because of the Justin Fields situation. But I, I guess when it comes down to the Bears is how much do you count in Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence? Well, I think I we understand Trevor Lawrence goes above Justin Fields, but is it close at all? I guess yeah. is the question. I like Justin too, man. See, this is an interesting question for me because I like all three quarterbacks. I think there are varying opinions, and everybody wants to say, oh, this guy's so much better. This well, we don't really know yet, and I think they had their ups and downs, um, and enough to get on either side of that. But I like all three, and I still think all three are going to prosper in the NFL. So, I mean, that's, that's part of it from that standpoint. Um, I think the Jets and the Jags are a little bit more on a parallel line. And one, because the, the Chicago's starting over with a new coach this year. But I I feel like even though the Jags are starting over with a new coach, they started this core rebuild last year. And are they going to be impacted and highly affected by the fact that they did have to go to a second coach in two years for Trevor Lawrence? Meanwhile, Sala and company are still have some continuity with Zach Wilson. So where does Wilson go in year two? Where does Trevor go in year two based on the continuity and the coaching alone? So I think that part's interesting. But I want to measure the Jets and the Jags for the next few years and see where they're at. Who's making better decisions? Who's playing better? Who's panning out more? It's kind of like the – remember the Rams? If you go back to, uh, like, 2010 or whatever like that. And even the Titans. People forget the Rams and the Titans were two of the worst teams for, like, a decade in the NFL, much like the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were all in the same boat. I think the Raiders you could kind of put in here too. But if you look at where the Rams have gone – in the last, like, since 2013, I think 
it tells a story. Uh, maybe even more so since like 2014. Same thing with the Titans. I mean, they have passed the Jags by, you know, like the Jags are in a sailboat and, and those guys are on a fight a jet. There you go. Nice. Fight jet, jet fighter. Jet fighter, fighter jet, but yeah. Fighter yep. jet. You yeah. get there. Yeah, that was bad. Um, but bad, anyway, but yeah. you get my point. I do. So now I put the parallel with the Jets because, again, they were jockeying for that first and second position. They both stunk. Uh, they both were pretty bad last year. The Jets won the game, but, I mean, they're both still pretty bad. They had inconsistencies. The quarterbacks both had problems at times. Uh, the only thing, and, and the revealing thing about the the Jets, I believe, is the fact that they had Sala and continue with Sala, and they just had a really good draft. The revealing thing about the Jags potentially is they tried to get better in a hurry by all the money they spent in free agency, and they now do have a proven coach, a Super Bowl-winning coach, a guy that you know they can get it done. Sala still isn't in that category, even though I like him. So I think these two organizations, Chicago is a little different to me, so I like these two organizations and, and see where they go, and I'm okay riding with the Jags right now with what they've got and how they're approaching it. And I think Trevor is a big difference. And by the way, I think Doug Peterson right now is is. A, I mean, the Jags have better coach. They got a guy that won a Super Bowl. They do. Yeah. No. I mean, you can't. You can't. I mean, I, I mean, I guess like Austin would have this argument with me and say that he got fired, and Robert Sala hasn't got fired yet. But come on. I mean, the guy won a Super Bowl. I got to believe he's a good coach, good enough coach to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to give him the nod over a guy who's going into year two and just won like four games in year one. Yeah, I, I would agree. And yeah, obviously Doug Peterson did get fired, but I think we all know that there's something else there, right? And yeah, you don't win a Super Bowl with that roster. Like that's the part that I think doesn't get a lot of credit. On defense, they had studs. But like on offense, we've been through this a couple times. Obviously, Nick Foles, we don't have to do that anymore. But there was four different running backs that they were rotating in and out, and the number one receiver was Alshon Jeffrey. Like, it was not a super talented roster, and they beat the brakes off the Patriots. So that part of it might not get as much credit, but I, I don't really look at Doug Peterson as a coach that got fired. He did. It absolutely happened. But I think there's more there than just he got fired, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, anybody else we're missing? I mean, you look at the Patriots. They were in a totally different situation when they get Mac Jones. Uh, who else went in the top uh – who are the other Trey Lance, quarterbacks? But. Oh, Trey Lance. Yeah, they're in a, a lot different situation, right? I mean, the way they're going about it. So I think if you look at teams in the league that are in a similar situation, the Jets and the Jags certainly fit that mold. I think Chicago does fit that mold. I think the Lions fit that mold. So, like, like where do you put them? Where do you stack them against the Lions after a draft where they got the guy the Jags wanted in Hutchinson and they go get Jamison Williams as well, who everybody would like? I mean, again, you look at these drafts, and, and these are sexier drafts by both the Lions and the Jets. It doesn't make them right. Yeah. But it is definitely, like, everybody. Can you imagine what we're saying in Jacksonville today if they got Hutchinson traded back up to number 12 to get Jameson Williams? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, no, we'd, be, we'd have the parade finally. The parade we wanted for Devontae Adams, we'd probably have a parade. But, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, and I think with the, with the Lions, at least it's interesting because when you look at it on paper, at least, or on the Internet, because nobody has rosters on paper anymore, but they got good pieces. They got good offensive weapons, but I think it stops at the top with Jared Goff. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? What can he do to elevate? And you don't feel good going forward, so can you get somebody eventually? Can you get somebody quick? See, like what I would say when I compare the Jags and the Lions, especially in the conversations we've had since Friday, because I'm now really hot on the idea that the Jags need a bona fide big-time receiver in the draft. 
over the next year or two. And two is long. I'd like it to be next year. A kid out of Ohio State, maybe, okay? So, but I'd rather be in the Jags position and need a bona fide wide receiver than going into the Detroit situation as you project toward the next five years and need a bona fide quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, like, that's, again, it's really cool right now to think about Jamison Williams, even though he's going to miss, like, half the year. I think the Jags are still sitting in a better perch because they don't have to worry about the QB. And that's something that this organization has had to worry about for so long. Detroit's had to worry about for so long. The Jets have had to worry about so long, and they don't feel like they have to right now. Chicago has had to worry about for so long, they don't feel like they have to right now. I read a recent stat, by the way, in Chicago that I don't think in the history of their franchise they have a 4,000-yard passer. Really? Yes. And I think they don't have a 30-touchdown passer. That's weird. Now, I might have read that wrong. I don't think I read that wrong. I don't think they have a four. Now, listen, is it really that far-fetched, though? I mean, guys didn't start throwing for 4,000 yards until like four, year, five, six years ago. Yeah, I mean. Uh, maybe more. Maybe like Brady and Manning. You know, so we're talking about a decade worth of it. Like, who was, other than Dan Marino, who was throwing for that silly yardage, you know, in the 90s? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I would have thought like Jay Cutler, though, you know. I'm not saying yeah. Jay Cutler's great, but they didn't win a lot of games, so I just thought he'd be throwing it around. But I think just, you know, they have, like, a way to do things, and they, their way is play defense and run the football and play physical. And like they and, and in the Windy City, with the weather they get, they're not going to be like an air raid team. That's true. You know? Yeah. So it's just a fascinating stat. Like, I mean, heck, Blake Bortles did it, like, twice, I think. Yeah, take that, Bears. <laughs> Should have drafted Blake when you had the chance. I mean, that that puts it in perspective, though. Um, So, anyway, I think it's – listen, I really do. Like, you could set the timer last year. Detroit, the Jags, the Jets, and even Chicago. And Chicago has been better. But those other three organizations have been awful for a long time. And set the clock and see where they are in maybe two years – Maybe three years, maybe five years. I mean, it'd be a great exercise to see where those uh, programs go and the, those organizations go. Uh, the Jags are they're, they're out of the starting blocks. Are they going anywhere fast? That's a different question. Yeah. We take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN. 690 live from Barton Trail High School. A lot of baseball and softball and lacrosse and spring football and a little bit of everything. Volleyball tonight as well. So uh, we got a lot going on. Uh, in the uh, spring sports season, which is uh, really fun on the high school level. Shrimp won today. Action Sports Shacks OT coming up with extended time from 5 to 7 today. Uh, and uh, we are back on ESPN 690 right after this. You can't pay James Harden. You, and I don't care about the idea that you don't have a choice. If you pay James Harden a max contract, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be dead for the next five years. Just absolutely dead. You cannot do this with Joel Embiid on this team, with Tyrese Maxey on this team. That is going to hamstring the future of this organization. It's going to lead to Embiid trying to get to somewhere else. Well, more on James Harden in that situation that 
well as happening and happened last night uh, in a moment. Uh, if you're like me, folks, you've watched the housing market boom in Northeast Florida. It's unbelievable. It makes you think about taking advantage of the market. If you're selling, what if you could sell your home and skip the hard parts? You can at opendoor.com. We've changed how we do a lot of different things in our world. This is the new way to sell your home. Opendoor.com. I tried it. Went to the website. Answer a couple questions. It's that simple. Just two or three minutes worth of questions. They send you an offer if you're eligible. Moving next month, maybe next year, or just thinking about it. Try opendoor.com. It's easy. Skip the hassles and hurdles of listings, showings, and potential obstacles. Just sell it to opendoor at opendoor.com. Hundreds of thousands of homeowners are requesting offers. You can, too. Sell your home. Skip the hard parts. Get your free offer at opendoor.com slash myoffer. Offer eligibility varies. Open Door is represented by Open Door Brokerage Incorporated, licensed 0206-1130 in California, and Open Door Brokerage, LLC, and its other markets. Welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, now joined by, oh, the traveling road show. That is Action Sports Jacks' Stuart Weber. Where are you going next, Weber? Yeah, a little, little vacation here uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, hop in the car, drive down to Fort Lauderdale, and then a uh, little flight down to Peru. <laughs> it's going to go... Uh, it go sounded so normal. Go check out Peru. It's, it sounded normal until he said, yeah, we're just going to Peru. Yeah, why not? Wow. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, why are you going to Peru, and what are you going to do in Peru? All right, so the, the big attraction, uh, tourist attraction in Peru, is Machu Picchu. Uh, you know the the ancient city, uh, old civilization. I've heard of that. Yeah, Machu Picchu. Uh, pretty sure it's one of the seven wonders of the world. I, I could be wrong, is. but I believe it is. Come on, you're a 1400 SAT guy, Weber. You should know if it's one of the seven wonders of the world. I, I don't. I, I know like the. Yeah, I don't. I don't know them off the top of my head. Uh, so, I don't so, know any of them. You know, so. I've, I've probably seen some. So yeah, so gonna go uh, check out the little Machu Picchu, do some some outdoorsy stuff, some hiking, some mountain biking, a little whitewater rafting as part of the trip. Uh, yeah, look, looking forward oh, to it. Uh, wait a I, minute, whitewater rafting in Peru? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the jungle tour there. Yeah, there's... Uh, Whoa, well, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's part of have it. Have you ever been? You've done that, right? I have, yes. That's fun. It is. I did it in uh, in North Carolina, on yeah. uh, Nantahala. Yeah, it's good. I love whitewater rafting. That was a lot of fun. We did that uh, in Wyoming. So what else? I mean, are you going for, uh, I mean, is there, um, I'm, I'm just not cultured. So food good in Peru? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try some different some different foods, some different culture. Uh, check it out. I, I'm curious how I'm going to do with the altitude. Uh, you obviously know that, you know, Denver is the mile high city, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Cusco, which is kind of where you fly into when you're going to go to Machu Picchu and do any of that sort of stuff, you could call that the two-mile-high city because it's 11,000 feet of elevation in that city. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. What's it called again, the city? Uh, Cusco. So the same name as the guy from Emperor's New Groove? Probably not a coincidence. Okay. You've never seen Emperor's New Groove? Uh, not to the point that I can remember the names. I probably saw it once when I was a kid, but I don't remember it. Definitely uncultured. Yeah. We'll move on. Okay. Weber, you go everywhere. Why did you pick Peru this time? Deals. Deals, my friend. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably knew that answer coming into this thing. Yeah, uh, um, I did. I, uh, Wherever the cheapest, just send you. Like, have you tried Antarctica? I heard the flights there are really cheap. I don't think they are, actually. If they were, I probably would go. I, <laughs> Not I would many go flights hang. to Antarctica. I would go. It's probably a boat. I would probably go hang out with some penguins. I'm down with that. No, I, so, you know, um, my, my travel philosophy, there's so many places that I want to go, and there's a ton of places that I already have been. 
uh, a, a lot of it for me is, you know, I subscribe to a deal site that, you know, when, when a, a good deal pops out of one of my chosen airports, I go, you know, I, I take a look at it. I see if it works with my dates. And in this case, a round-trip flight from Fort Lauderdale nonstop to Lima, which is the capital of Peru, is $220. So you know what? 220 bucks for a round-trip ticket to Peru. I said, let's do it. Shout-out to JetBlue for, uh, for that deal. The boys. And, uh, and away we go. And, and that's not even, you know, that's not one of the bad airlines either. So, you know, to, I, I, do, I do take that into account, by the way, too, the, the travel experience. I do want it to be uh, fun for me as well. Uh, that's good. But Peru, so have you- Peru was part of like, so I had in the summer of 2020, I yeah, had yeah. a, uh, like a six country, three week, uh, barnstorming tour of South America that I was going to do. Um, and then of course the, you know, the world happened and COVID happened. And so that got canceled and Peru was one of the stops. So uh, I am excited to, to be able to get down there. I have not been to South America. All right. Uh, what else have we got going on today uh, as your final day of work before you go? Oh, am I supposed to be working? Is that today? I hope so. The last day before vacation. Do people normally work? Is that, nah, is that no. how that, how that normally me. comes hey, together? You know how it works in this building. No. Uh, it's I like mean, just another Friday. I'm kind of keeping the international yeah, keep the international theme going. Uh, you know, the, the pretty cool story about Ayo Oyelele. Oyelele Lola. Oh, my goodness. What? There's a new Jaguars player. I don't know if you saw the press release. Yeah. Tell us more. I thought I was going to be able to do it right off the top, but... I have to actually look up his name, his last name, so that I get it correct since I butchered it there. Ayo Oyalola. Lola, not Lole. Okay. Ayo Oyalola. He's from England. Uh, and so he's going to be part of the International Pathway Program, which I thought is, I, I didn't know about this until I kind of read up the press release that was sent out. Each year, the NFL picks one division in the NFL and allocates an international player to each team. So this year it happens to be the AFC South. So each team in the AFC South is getting one of these international player pathway folks. And so in this case for us, it's a defensive back, Ayo Oyolola, Ayo Oyolola, who uh, graduated from the University of Nottingham back in 2020 with a law degree. Then he participated in the international player pathway program. And this past year he played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, won the Grey Cup up okay. in the CFL, okay. the Canadian Football League. So uh, the 23-year-old will... Um, based on what I'm reading, he's going to be here the whole year, by the way, because what the NFL does is when you have this international pathway player, uh, you get an extra practice squad spot specifically for that player. You can't use it on anybody else, but uh, basically they, they add a spot this year for the four AFC South teams to keep that international player, get them experience in the NFL. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. actually a really cool thing, like, uh, and growing the game. I mean, listen, the NFL's trying, like, heck, to grow the game. It's a fascinating deal because you'd think, like, wow, the NFL's huge. You can't. Well, it is saturated in the United States, but they continue to try to grow the game. I kind of like this. Like, I think it's neat. And, well, of course, we've been to London, and we we know what it is over there, and I think you're educating more people, and more people are playing the game of football over there, Stuart, too. So I think um, I, I kind of like the idea of, of where they're going with this. Um, do me a favor, Weber and Casey. We got the Bartram Trail girls lacrosse coach and maybe a player or two. I got to put a microphone on them. You guys yap away for a second, um, but I don't want to keep them waiting like 15 minutes because they're at practice. So okay. I'm going to hook us up. You guys uh, just take a couple minutes, and then we'll 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 hear from the Bartram Trail lacrosse team in just a moment. Who's going to the state final four? How about that? That sounds good. Yeah, we we can do that. Uh, Stuart, I'll let you know since you're in there. 
uh, Liverpool scored again. Did they really? Yeah, so now nah. they're guaranteed to go to the championship. Oh, oh, okay, just a yellow card. I thought someone was going to send off. Um, but the segue of all segues, what that'll be, Jacksonville Armada starting up uh, last week. At home this weekend, right? Yeah, opened opened the season on the road to Tallahassee with a 2-2 draw. Uh, came from behind. They were down one nothing and 2-1, so to get a point out of that is good. Uh, home opener coming up this Friday night. I unfortunately will miss it as I will be abroad and, uh, and not able to attend. I will be here for the rest of the home games, though, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, yeah, this Friday night at Episcopal School of Jacksonville, uh, they open up the home portion of the schedule. Of course, the Jacksonville Armada once again being coached by Tommy Krasanovich. Everybody loves Tommy K. Yep. He will be, once again, the head coach of the Armada Under-23 team that had a really good run last year, won that regular season uh, title in the division. Uh, didn't quite do as well in the postseason, but certainly uh, looking forward to another exciting year. So they have uh, a big rival coming up here, Southern State Soccer Club. That's a team that actually represented uh, for the division of the MPSL that they play in. They were in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so, you know. Good, good matchup coming up uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock at Jangro Stadium. Be there. Come support your local team as they get uh, this NPSL season really cranked up. Will it be similar to last year in terms of the players that are on the team? Like, I remember we had guys from UNF and JU. Is that still the case? Yep. Or has that changed? Yep. Uh, very similar in, in the fact that you'll have a lot of local products on that team. Uh, Alex E.A. Reedes, yeah. uh, one of the top goal scorers from a year ago, even though he's not technically local. Uh, he plays for Memphis and is from Cyprus. Uh, but a bunch of local guys sprinkled all throughout that roster. The The MPSL is a, a pretty cool league. It, you know, it's a great chance for, for a lot of these high school and college players to get more seasoning in their offseason, uh, get more time on the pitch and get to actually play. If you haven't noticed in, in other soccer leagues, it's really a year-round affair. Um, you know, even when the season the season goes like August to May, and then they go on like, you know, world tours in June and July. So it's like right. that season never really ends for soccer. Uh, but it's it's nice for the the younger players to to get a chance to to get out there and get some more time and and play some more com- competition. That's for sure. Let's uh, end the soccer talk right now. How about that? Hey, even fun. though the season might never end, let's end the soccer talk. And uh, we, we, we bring in uh, Megan Jackowick, the coach of the girls lacrosse team here at Bartram Trail. We talk some lacrosse. Uh, you guys are headed to the state Final Four. How cool is that? Yes, they're very excited. Uh, what's uh, 20 and three record, I think if I have that right. Mm-hmm. How long have you guys been playing lacrosse here? How new is it? Um, I think they started here uh, at Bartram 2009 or 2000, 2006. 2006 was the first lacrosse team here. So give us some historical perspective. What, is, what does this mean, this trip to the Final Four? Um, oh, gosh, it means a lot. We got there last year. Um, we hadn't been back to the Final Four since we won it um, in 2016. That was the first year that a team from North Florida won the state championship. Um, so I've been working really hard to get back there. And it was pretty devastating for, for the girls last year. Um, you know, unfortunately, we lost... Uh, one of our, our, our star attacker, Ryan Forsyth, two days before to an ACL tear. Um, she's back this year, healthy as could be. Uh, Leighton Payne is back this year, also from an ACL tear. We have a special senior class. All eight of them start, and all eight of them are finally clear. They've gone through a lot as well, um, you know, physically and uh, um, with different injuries and health problems. So 
It's just a lot of unfinished business for them. Um, a team that really vibes together well. They've put in so much work in the off season, and they they really not only want to get back there, but want to finish it. Uh, good deal. Who do you play, uh, and what do you know about them? When you get to this stage, it's kind of hard to know a lot about everybody else, isn't it? Yeah, um, we play Steinbrenner, who we actually have never played before, um, so we're pretty excited about that. I um, think we match up really well. they got some good players, um, but our defense, you know, they'll be ready for them. And then hopefully... If we can get past them, we know we'll either see Vero Beach, who we lost to last year, you know, a little redemption, or St. Thomas, who that's one of our losses. Um, we only lost to them by one, and that was a three-day gauntlet that I had him go through playing uh, both uh, state champs from last year and also the number five team in the state. So, the fa- you know, they want that game back. Uh, no, I would. By the way, just beat Steinbrenner just because I hate the Yankees. Can you do that for me? Uh, Red Sox fan here, so if you could do that. I am a Yankees fan. Oh my <laughs> goodness gracious! Well, not this, not no, this week. Not this week. Not this week. In fact, that's going to end the interview with Coach Jackowin. We're going to bring in a couple of the girls. Do me a favor, just hand off the headset to the girls. We'll get them in real quick and uh, talk about. Uh, the, the lacrosse team. By the way, Stuart, you know this. Episcopal lacrosse also in the state Final Four. Ponte Vedra boys lacrosse is back in it as well. Uh, and so is, who am I missing? Bulls. Bulls uh, boys lacrosse. Yep. So, all right, you have to do me a favor now. I'm going to put this microphone a little closer because I know you're going to talk soft. Uh, give me uh, give me your first name, last name, if you don't mind. Ryan Frechette. All right, well, how cool is this? Uh, you want to still be practicing this time of year and second year in a row, you guys are doing it. Yeah, for sure. It really means a lot to be back in the Final Four, especially like my coach said, I tore my ACL two days before and was looking forward to that game. Um, but I do feel like it's unfinished business. So how was the last year been for you? I mean, have you kind of pinned this Final Four as a, as a target, uh, you know, as you rehabbed? And that's a tough injury to come back from. Yes, it's definitely been my biggest source of, like, motivation during the recovery. And it's just made, like, the recovery even made me stronger mentally and physically. So I think I'm just channeling all my energy towards this goal. Good for you. Stuart, we love good stories. Uh, tear the ACL a couple days before the Final Four and she makes it back. That's, uh, that's a pretty nice story. Yeah, that'd be awesome to, to be able to, to get back to that top level and hopefully bring back some, uh, some trophies, right? That's the plan. You guys love bringing home those trophies, don't you? Yes. Well, we'll see what you can do. Uh, let's get hand off to your teammate. We'll get a couple more quick questions in on Bartram Trail Girls Lacrosse as they head to the state Final Four and we're over here hanging out anyway. Um, really for selfish reasons, because I'm going to watch a little softball. But uh, let's introduce you to our next guest. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your name? Uh, Maggie Bennett. Oh, uh, Maggie, uh, this has been a heck of a ride again. Give us a little bit more insight about your team. I know you loaded up with seniors. Obviously, you had this in mind coming off last year's loss in the Final Four, but what makes Bartram Trail so good here in 2022? I think just like our senior class, we've all been playing together since the beginning of middle school, so this is what we've been working for for literally years like throughout our whole high school career like this is the moment we've all been waiting for and we're finally there again yeah but that chemistry camaraderie yeah. all that uh, kind of working toward it what will be the difference this week for you guys as you play in the final four uh, that's totally different field than even playing in the districts right and through the regionals uh, uh, those are some kind of nerve-wracking and anxious yeah. games I, I, I would imagine yeah for sure we definitely play a lot better when we just relax and have fun and play our game because they're all our whole team is just an amazing group of girls, and we're just here for each other, and we just need to relax and have fun and play our game. Uh, what's it like right now in school, and everybody knows you're going to the Final Four. Is it kind of fun walking those halls when, when you get a chance to maybe bring home a state championship? Yeah, it's definitely cool. Definitely people, a lot of good lucks and 
thinking we could do it this year. Well, good luck from us as well. Thanks for uh, jumping in. Now you got to go to practice. Thank I got you, you out of practice yeah. for a couple minutes, right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining us. We appreciate it, and good luck uh, in the Final Four for Bartram Trail Girls Lacrosse, uh, as well as Episcopal and Pontevedra and Bowles on the boys' side uh, as well. Stuart uh, Lacrosse, really, it's it's funny, like, you're talking, I think she said 2006, uh, which actually would seem even before I would think it would be Yeah. Uh, down here in St. John's County. We've seen the, the growth in lacrosse in Florida sh is sick. It's crazy. It should be good. Like, it's a mid-Atlantic sport, and, uh, like, even you can go out to, like, Denver and stuff at the college level. They're always good. But it should be good here. In JU, it's good, right? Uh, women and men. Um, and you would think the high schools will catch up to that. I think we're going to see a lot of good lacrosse, not just these programs that have have been pretty good, but I think it's going to keep growing and growing here in Northeast Florida and the state of Florida. Yeah, and I, I definitely feel like it's it's a scenario where both sides are kind of feeding each other, right? Uh, the success of JU's men's and women's lacrosse teams. Uh, by the way, congrats to Coach Galloway, just named Conference Coach of the Year. That came out about an hour ago. Oh, uh, so SoCon Coach of the Year, and uh, the women's team doing extremely well as well. Both teams uh, getting ready for conference tournament action. I think they have semifinals tomorrow and Thursday, and then uh, championship games on Saturday. So you go win those bad boys and earn a spot in the NCAA tournament and see what happens. But I, I do think it's a scenario where both sides kind of feed each other. The the better JU's programs do, well, that, that'll lift the high school game here locally. And then as those high school players get better and better, some of them will go to JU, and that will help out the Dolphins and Lady Dolphins as they play and continue to elevate their game. So, uh, I mean... The, the strides that they've taken over there at JU, I mean, they've they put a huge emphasis on that being the program. I mean, they, they've diverted a lot of the attention that maybe was on the football program. Football's gone. So let's make lacrosse a big deal, and they're certainly doing that over at JU. And by the way, new volleyball uh, in, in the area with St. John's County jumping into the boys' volleyball scene. Creekside plays tonight. They've moved their game from Creekside High School to JJVA at 6 o'clock. So if you plan on getting out to that one, just keep that in mind. It's moved from Creekside to JJVA. I don't really know why. Um, 7 o'clock to 6 o'clock. So uh, that is a schedule update. We talk about local sports. We love doing it. I, I tweeted a couple weeks ago with the shrimp and Acuna was in town, the Iceman, all this stuff. Uh, local sports different in this week. Like, I love being out here. you got Barstow Trail football practicing. you got district games here. We're talking to lacrosse, getting ready for the Final Four. I mean, it's a lot of fun. That's why we do it. We love uh, the local sports scene. So good luck. Uh, to all the teams. And Weber, good luck to you in Peru, man. Have a lot of fun. I will do that. I uh, might even catch a soccer game when I'm down there because, oh, of course, I, I like will. It. Of course you will. I like that very much. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Seen the work ethic, and he's got a grinder's mentality. He's a gym rat. You know, he's always here, you know, and he's always he's always trying to get some guys to, to work out with him just to be with his teammates. I mean, you guys heard about his uh, nationwide tour from, from Nashville to Miami to, to Arizona to work out with his teammates. So he's trying to build those bonds with, with the guys, and he's trying to build that chemistry with his skill guys. And so that's, that's carried over in the first two-plus week, weeks of OTAs. Did I? Was that Peterson? No. Who was? I missed the early part, so I didn't see him. If you heard it here, if you referenced somebody. Yeah, uh, Joe Douglas on Zach Wilson. Oh, it was on Zach Wilson. Okay. Douglas, by the way, doing a really good job. Like it's a, like 
Again, I root for these teams that have been bottom feeders. Everybody knows. Like the Bills, it's great to see them. Cleveland, when they came up for a minute, now where do they go? And they got Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm sure I'm rooting for that whole situation, but yeah. you get the point. It's like good to see the Raiders where they're at. Can the Jags get up there? Can the can the Jets get up there? Like, that's cool. Like the Giants aren't in that. Like the Giants, yeah, they've been bad, but they won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years. Okay, so yeah. like, how bad is it? Um, yeah, Dan Jones, buddy. <laughs> uh, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield? Uh, Baker Mayfield. Mm, I don't feel confident with that, though. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'll stick with it, but I don't love it. I still like the idea of Daniel Jones, so I won't uh, say that. Um, hey, by the way, we'll be out at the Bowley's House of Cards tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Dream 18 show, then 3 to 6 on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, you brought up James Harden earlier. Uh, did you see that whole thing on the bench, like, sitting <laughs> like he, he he went to sit somewhere the other guy got up and then he went to sit somewhere you know it's like musical chairs hey I, I don't understand i have a hard time with james harden i don't think he's a clutch player i think he's been very good like i heard and we played a soundbite a, a segment ago about the um like the deal the max deal like they would be stupid to do that like that is not a smart move mm -hmm. uh, by the sixers like is james harden now russell westbrook where it's like yeah he's great He's a good stat sheet stuffer. I'm not sure I want him. And by the way, is Kyrie Irving getting into that mold as well? Yeah, uh, probably. You know, you can't – there's been proof that you can't win with James Harden, um, and there's been proof you can win without him because he's never been on a team that won. So, yeah, I think that's an interesting um, idea. I think I'll float that to Brian Middleton when we start OT because that's uh, his wheelhouse. But I, I kind of agree that you don't really win with James Harden, so – Better off winning without him. Couple of quick hitters. You okay about your lightning? Oof. No, not really. Oof. I was I was talking to you, but I wasn't actually. I was holding down the wrong button in the break, so I'll just tell you this on the air. Uh, I gave up on the lightning early because they were getting absolutely boat raced, and I watched Ty's game. So <laughs> you did text me after. You're like, I want to see that catch. I was like, Is he watching the game I was. on YouTube? Yes, Noah Schlicksup will be happy that you were watching the game on YouTube. And yeah. We appreciate that. By the way, that's like the second one in the last week because you saw you were like, "Tell me where that ball went." Like when I appreciate you rooting for Tyler uh, a couple of times. But. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I was, I was locked in. Uh, Noah did a great job on the call. I appreciate also, uh, in between innings when he would come back, he'd occasionally throw in there that the broadcast was sponsored by Action Sports Jacks. Absolutely. I didn't know we did that, but I, you know, that's great. But, yeah, man, I was locked in, you know. Win or go home, I need to see what was going to happen. And the Lightning were game. making me mad. So, you know. <laughs> that was a good alternative. Um, Noah does a great job, by the way. If he, he actually, the video part, I was thinking of it today because I was watching the playback from his angle, and he has to move the camera around. I wish I could get him a better setup. The problem is he relies on, like, Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi changes everywhere you go. And so it's it's a hard thing. But yeah. um, anyway, Noah does a good job. Uh, E.J. Perry. Uh-huh. The Jags are adding, it looks like, an undrafted free agent quarterback out of Brown University. Yeah. Um, interesting. Is he going to play quarterback? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering about, too. Um, athletic, for sure. Uh, it, it, it's intrigue, I guess. Obviously, he's not the quarterback of the team. I understand that. Yeah, but, yeah. It's interesting, like the idea of what you could potentially do. Kind of, we had these conversations with Tebow, but it was like kidding. Now I'm kind of like, 
I wonder what they could do. You know, it's just an idea. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I'm from Rhode Island. I don't watch Brown football very much. I don't know much about the young man, but it always is fascinating. I will say this about the undrafted free agents too, Casey. This has been a slow trickle out on the undrafted free agents, like around the league. It feels like usually they're done by almost Saturday night into Sunday morning, and I feel like there's still some news being made on that front. Here we are on like a Tuesday. Yeah, I think. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I don't either. It was late yesterday or early today when we found out about Justin Ross, and it was like, yeah, you know, it, it felt, yeah, to your point, it feels like the things are slowly coming out when it usually used to be faster, I feel like. All right, I'm going to go watch a little softball and baseball tonight. Appreciate Casey and Brian Middleton extending Action Sports Jacks OT from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock. Uh, Stuart Weber on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. Back at it tomorrow from 2 to 6 with the Dream 18 show and then Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. From Davoli's House of Cards, come on up uh, here in St. John's County tomorrow. Davoli's House of Cards, we'll have some fun uh, down there talking some sports and uh, the card business a little bit. We'll be right back. Football at 5. A little different way with Action Sports Shacks OT. Next, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz on the way when we come back. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.